Hey, welcome to the latest episode of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios here on 104.3 The Fan HD3. We have arrived at the start of spring sports season and uh, getting a chance to talk here on a, uh, a beautiful week in the Mile High City with one of my favorite guys uh, in the entire city of Denver, and that is the new head men's lacrosse coach, of uh, the Denver Pioneers, Matt Brown, who embarks on year number one. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so we're four days out, Brownie, from game number one, uh, at least as far as the regular ones fly. And you and the boys will head to Johns Hopkins coming up uh, this weekend, and we'll preview that game here shortly. But uh, first off, it's good to see you. I said before we started recording, we kind of had a dry run at this on Thursday. We got to talk during halftime of the uh, the Pioneer basketball game. So we're, already, you know, we're seasoned pros at this stage, what 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 a basketball game that was too! Holy cow! Wow, I was uh, that was pretty pretty special. Uh, fortunately, we had a lot of our players in the stands watching that. But to see the the resiliency of the Denver Pioneers hoops team, uh, you know, come from behind multiple times to to eventually kind of win this thing. Uh, I tell you what, that got me jacked up for the season. So. Uh, We've talked a lot about that these last couple of days, but you're you're right. It's here. You know, we we mentioned the other day. It's like, you know, with the quarter system, you have this long break, and you know, from Thanksgiving till Christmas, it feels like it, it's never going to end, and it just kind of, you know, lags on and on. And then you get to Christmas, and the next thing you know, you snap your fingers, you're here on, on in New Year's, and and the next thing you know, we're back on campus practicing, and and uh, a couple of weeks later, we've got our first contest. So. Uh, here we are, and um, you know, 2024 is here. It is crazy the fact that we have arrived nearly at uh, at opening day for your guys, Browning. We had the the press conference last year when you were officially announced as the the next head coach uh, of this program. Does it feel like that was forever ago, or does it feel like that was about 15 minutes ago? Because for me, it feels like about 15 minutes. Uh, for you on the inside of this, I would imagine there's a little bit of, of pull on both of those ends of the equation. It feels like it was a while ago. It, it, it really, it really does, you know, and uh, I don't know if that's good or bad or what it is, but it, it's just, there's been a lot of things that has been going on, you know, since that, since that moment, obviously it was, uh, it was different, you know, we're in the middle of the season going through a, a coaching search with an, a coach retiring and, uh, having a new coach announced. And, um, and so there were 2023 there, there, it was, a, it was a unique year um, to say the least. And, um, but I thought our guys handled it extremely well, you know, obviously just so fortunate and so blessed to be named the William G tyranny head men's lacrosse coach here at the university of Denver. It's kind of a, you know, a dream come true for me. There's, there's not, there's no other position uh, in, in the country um, that, that, that I would want, you know? And so um, for me to be able to kind of, continue this thing and, and continue. Um, and, and, you know, I take that responsibility on um, very seriously, um, and, you know, at a school that has given me so much as, as a student athlete and, and also uh, a coach here um, just to continue to, to push this thing forward um, and try to make it continue to be better in everything that we do. And that, that's just the only way to go about it. And, and coach T was the same way. And I learned that from him and, and he would want nothing more than that. And so, um, it seems like it was a long, long time ago. Uh, we've had a lot of stuff that has happened from then till now. Um, but but here we are in, in the beginning of the spring and um, ready to get going. 
that's one of the coolest things about this to me is the fact that, uh, you know, you you hire somebody as the head coach of this program who not only has lengthy ties as an assistant, but also, you know, you've told that story many times of showing up with a couple of hockey bags over your shoulder at Centennial Towers uh, to get set for the first day of your freshman year as a student athlete. And now you get to take this over and kind of continue to to push things down the field, as you said, uh, you know, in your image. Um, to be at this stage right now, take me through the first off season as a preparation uh, to be a head coach. What was different? What was new? What sort of felt the same? I mean, you go through fall work and you get your new guys in and, and you learn about your team and get a chance to see them out there on the field. Then you get a couple of exhibition matchups, which we'll talk about. Um, but what has been the feeling of, oh yeah, I'm running this ship now. Well, it, it started kind of immediately um, when, when the season ended, you know, unfortunately in uh, last year in 2023, you know, kind of a disappointing end. You know, I thought we we had a phenomenal group. Uh, the the guys played extremely hard all all year long. We learned we learned a lot about ourselves. You know, we returned a lot of those guys, and and we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But um, you know, right after the season, I wanted to make sure that we continued to practice, and and so we took a week off to kind of give the guys kind of you know, digest a little bit. And then we, we got back to work and, um, you know, I just feel like it's important that if you want to try to establish something um, and you want to be great at something, you, you've got to, you've got to create a, a certain level of foundation, you know, and, uh, and, and that's kind of when it started right away, a week after last, last season. So the guys were great. We practiced for about three weeks, um, high intensity, got up and down. We talked a lot about some of the things that we want to focus on kind of moving forward. We want to be a little bit more faster in the middle of the field. We want to be a little bit more up-tempo, the defensive end. Um, and, and so so we, we got to work right away. And then you kind of move into the end of the quarter through final exams. And now we're hitting the recruiting scene. And, and by the way, I, I had to hire um, some new staff members. And so that was um, going through that process um, for the first time as, as the head guy, um, was a little different. Um, you know, when, when John Orson first came to the university of Denver, we had an opening Trevor Tierney stepped down as our defensive coordinator. It was, it was kind of, um, I wouldn't say easy, but, uh, coach, coach T and I got together and he said, Hey Brownie, you know, who do you think, who would you, who do you want to hire? And I said, I really like this guy, this guy, John Orson. And, and I've seen him on the road and we kind of had it. We kind of had an idea, you know, um, and then, you know, you fast forward to, to this one, and I, I didn't really know where to go. I thought maybe uh, I wanted to go with a younger guy, a guy that could come in and, and kind of work with me at the offensive end, uh, somebody that, you know, could, could help, you know, mold and teach our ways. And um, I, I was pretty set on that. I thought that was going to be that was going to be the direction. And then all of a sudden, David Metzbauer becomes available. And, and for those of the people that don't know, you know, Metz, he's got um, he's one of the legends in our game. You know, he has himself seven national championships. You know, he's won at two separate places. Um, he's coached some of the best players that have ever picked up a lacrosse stick. And, and um, he's been around for, for a long, long time. 
Um, but, but he's also been one of these guys. And this is how, to me, you judge the good coaches to, from the great coaches is the guys that can adapt and the guys that can kind of change and morph in, depending upon the time of the time of the era of the sport and, you know, the new trends that, that are happening. And so when he became available, it kind of put me, put my whole ideas, you know, out the window. And I went, I went, I was over in San Diego coaching team Canada. Um, and, and so I had a, kind of 10 days to digest this whole thing. Um, but while I was over there, it was uh, very obvious that that was the decision that I needed to make. And so uh, during, in the meantime, you know, Metsy was on the road recruiting, you know, independently. He was coaching for various club teams. He was working all these different camps. And so, you know, he had a, a list of guys in the 2025 class um, and thank goodness he did. You know, I felt like we was I was a little bit behind in the summertime, one being away with the, with the timing of the world games that happening in June, you know, and two was just kind of, you know, taking on all these new added responsibilities. So so that made for a busy summer. Um, so now we, we kind of fast forward into September, into the fall and um, the guys are back on campus. Um, you know, and, and a lot of new, but a lot of the same, you know, kind of our same, you know, you know, rituals, we had freshman, you know, picnic, and it was over at my house this year, um, you know, for the first time, actually, the second time, one time, Miss Helen was sick. So we had a, we had a host at our place. But um, so, you know, we did that, and it was a great kind of kickoff to the year. And then we dove into our fall season. And, um, you know, something that we did a little bit different this fall was, we, we did like a buildup. We did like a, a preseason and then we called it training camp. You know, before in the past, we would just kind of roll right in five weeks of lacrosse, a competition or two near the end of it. And then you'd be in your eight hour segments of your fall season afterwards. This year, I felt like, you know, um, I wanted our guys to have a little bit more of a taste of what it's going to be like come back in January. So we did a, a three week kind of preseason and then we did a three-week training camp where it was intense, and and we went uh, almost every day with with only one day off. And uh, I thought the guys responded really, really well to that. So um, they've been working hard. Um, they've been doing their job in the classroom. They've been doing their part off the field, um, and now we're just eager to kind of get this thing rolling. Ronnie, you mentioned uh, the the staff changes and to bring in somebody like David Metzbauer, who's been a, a legend, like you said, uh, in this game over his time as an offensive coordinator, uh, you know, a position that you held. Uh, you also get to, you know, rely on a guy who's a veteran in your staff now and John Galland, who's back on the defensive side. Um, two things that I want to ask you about that. How exciting is it in that coach's room now to have, you know, three minds that have done this now and can bounce things off of each other at different levels and, you know, sort of mold your philosophies and and secondly, how excited are you now as the head coach? You get to yell about things on the defensive end as well. I said that to John in, in the press conference <laughs> when I accepted. I finally get to come down there and have a say, you know. And uh, and it's it's not and I'm honored. It's not like I never never used to say anything. I said stuff. I've always said stuff. It was just nobody before. listened back then. No one was listening though. <laughs> it just, it just, they just shut the door and rolled their eyes. So. Um, they might still be doing that. I don't know. Who, who knows? But it, it's no, it's been great. You know, we got we had a great group of guys and, and and a wealth of knowledge. You know, we talked about you know Metsy and, and his kind of history. You know, John John is is a champion in, in his own right. You know, he played um, you know two Man Cup champions. Man Cup is the Senior A Lacrosse Championship for all of Canada. You know, he won two up in Victoria. Um, he won an, an NLL title. He actually 
beat me in a semifinals and uh you know he hangs on and reminds me of that on a weekly basis but you know he in 2006 he won an NLL championship he played for the mammoth for you know 14 15 16 years was the captain of the Colorado mammoth uh actually funny story about that so I played for the mammoth for one year um I was like a, I was like a loner player you know don't don't ask me how that happens but I, I was playing for the Colorado mammoth my coach that down in Arizona was the new coach for the mammoth and we go through training camp and I knew some of these guys, but I didn't know them really that well. You know, I just kind of know them playing against them. And I get to the end of the training camp and the new head coach for the mammoth, who was my former coach knew me the best out of any of these guys. And so he comes up to me and he says, Brownie, he says, who should be the captain of this, of this team? And without, without hesitation, I said, Johnny Gallant, you know, there, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, this is the captain of this, of this team. And, and sure enough, you know, he went with that and John did a great job of, of leading that squad. And so um, from day one of me being around John, I've always been impressed with him. And I continue every single day to be impressed with him. He's just, and, and I say this a lot to our guys, um, he's a pro in, in everything that he does in his preparation and his work ethic is in, in his intensity. Um, you know, the guy was a teacher, an elementary school teacher for, for many, many years, kindergarten and second grade. And so if you can keep uh, those, that age of kids in line, then this becomes actually pretty easy. So, um, but it's been, it's been fun, you know, and, and we've added uh, Michael McCormack. He's our new director of operations. He's a young guy played at Middlebury, his dad's actually the head coach at Williams College. He, he did his COVID year at Vermont. He's a phenomenal lacrosse player, and, and, and he's just you know dove right into this thing. And then uh, Matt Newfield comes back for his second year as, as, our, as our third assistant, and Matt's done a really nice job of – um, you know, not just running the box, which he needs to do. And it's it's not always the uh, most glorious uh, responsibility on a coaching staff. But I will tell you this, it's extremely important. You know, you have an offsides, you don't have enough guys on the field. You know, they, it costs you games, it can cost you seasons. Yeah. And uh, Matt's done a great job there, but he's but he's also really dove into the face-off and, and wing play. And, and for those of people that remember him, uh, he came back and played his fifth year, you know, with the Pios. Um, and he, he's one of the best that, that our game has seen in, in that role of being a long pole, picking up ground balls in, in the middle of the field. All right, Brownie, we're going to step aside for a timeout. we got a lot to preview with this 2024 team coming up. Uh, it is the latest edition of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show, presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. Back in a moment on 104.3 The Fan HD3. DU Gymnastics, presented by Common Spirit, returns to campus Sunday, February 4th. Beautiful. I just love how she pops out of the twist, really spots the landings. The fun begins at 145 in Magnus Arena. Extension on those leaves, just picture perfect. Single meet and group discounts are available now at denverpioneers.com. DU, Denver's home for college athletics. That was gorgeous. Williams coming down the left board, looking for a cutter, shot, score! DU Hockey returns home to host Western Michigan Friday, February 2nd, presented by Polidori Sausage, and Saturday, February 3rd, presented by Panorama, as the countdown to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff is on. Shot, divine, score! 
here on the Pios, February 2nd and 3rd in Magnus Arena. Denver wins it again! Buy your tickets today. Let's go, DU. Is that the sound of an ooey gooey cheesy crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Smith, three on the way, another one! A dozen long-range snipes for the Pioneers. Denver women's basketball returns to Hamilton Gym Saturday, February 3rd to host Oral Roberts. Robles has to put it up with one on the shot clock. She hits it. Jones from deep. That one's down. Reserve your tickets today at denverpioneers.com. DU hosts ORU Saturday, February 3rd at 1 p.m. DU, Denver's home for college athletics. Continuing along in this week's episode of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show on 104.3 The Fan HD3, presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. My name is Tyler Mon, joined by the new William G. Tierney head men's lacrosse coach, Matt Brown. I guess I got to stop saying new. It's not really new anymore. It's been nine or so months or however long it's been for you. Uh, but Brownie, this is uh, a stage where, you know, we're counting down hours now to, to get this season underway. And you and the guys hit the road uh, to Johns Hopkins for game number one coming up. You got a chance to to see your guys out in a competitive environment uh, last week on the road in Annapolis, Maryland. You saw Navy, you saw High Point uh, exhibition matchups that you got to kind of gauge some things. It wasn't traditional, you know, 60 minutes out there, just one-on-one -on -one, uh, teams against each other. But tell me what you saw, what you liked, and what you guys are working on coming up for this week. Well, first off, thank, thanks to Joe Amplo and, and Navy for hosting us. You know, um, they, they do it right there. So we got an opportunity to play at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Um, we did kind of a similar setup that we had in the fall where there was three games. We took the first and the middle game. So we played Navy first and then then high point second. So all back to back. Um, we did running time and we only we stopped it when there was penalties and we stopped it at the end of the game for the last two minutes. But um, um, it was great to play somebody else. You know, you, you, you always you always think you're probably a little bit better than you are before you play somebody else. And then all of a sudden the things that are unscripted, the things that you can't micromanage and practice happen in, in a full field setting. And, and that's, um, you know, we learned a lot. We learned that we weren't quite as good of a, a clearing team as, as we thought we were. And so uh, that's been probably the biggest point of emphasis um, following um, the scrimmage, you know, with them. And a lot of times it's, 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 it's a lot of stick work early, early season stuff. Um, but, but also from a coaching standpoint, you, you want to look at patterns. You want to look at schemes and see, you know, what are the best rotations that, that, that you should be putting out there? What's the easiest ones for your guys to one to comprehend. And then two, maybe most importantly for, for them to execute. Um, I thought our compete level was, was very, was very good. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, both the other teams rosters were, in the high 60s, I think High Point maybe even had 70 guys, and, and we were there with with 40. And so um, we, we got a lot of work in, um, and you know, but I liked how we had to play, and then we had a little bit of a break, and then we had to get up again and and play again. You know, you you think about that it happens on a weekly occurrence where you, you play a first half, you go in the locker room, you got to come back out, 
And how, you know, those first five minutes of the second half are, are extremely important. And, and they dictate a lot of how the rest of the game's gonna 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 kind of play out. And so um having that, let's call it halftime and then coming back out is you know, that was a good lesson for us us to learn. And so um lots of learning points, lots of things for us to get better at, but overall happy with the compete and and looking to continue to build. You have a group of, I believe, 18 uh, seniors and grad students who are back for this year. Um, so you've got so much in the in the way of veteran talent and guys who, and this is so important, obviously, with a, a coaching change, guys who know the culture and know what's been established before. How much does that help you uh, as, you know, head coach uh, for your first season to have a lot of guys that you can lean on who, you know, you're not doing this alone. You're doing it with a veteran staff and you're doing it with a lot of veteran guys on the field, too. Well, from a culture standpoint, as you said, Monterey, it, it's so important. You know, these guys have been around now for for some of them five years, and they know how we operate. And that's that's one of the things that that will never change here um, is is the way we go about our business. I'm really proud of how we how we handle things, how we treat people, um, all the the little things that add up to become big things to to ultimately become uh, your identity. Um, it's important for those to have those guys here with us so that we can continue to pass it on from one class to the to the other. You know, I think that's really important as as you're starting to build a program. And so we, we're experienced from that standpoint, but you know, and we return a lot, but from an on-the-field standpoint, you know, this is this is a team that, you know, they haven't been to the NCAA tournament in the last two years. And so there's hunger in the belly, you know, they they haven't really tasted it. Um, they, they made, they had some good wins last year, you know, thinking about back to, to beating Villanova twice, to beating Ohio state at home, to beating North Carolina, you know, on the road, those, those were some signature wins for, for this group, but they haven't won a big East title and they haven't been to the NCAA tournament. And so, yes, they're veterans when it comes to culture, they're veterans when it comes to knowing what it means to be a pioneer, but we, we're still young in the sense that, um, you know, they haven't accomplished that much on the field and, and they know that and there's a chip on their shoulder. And this mentality of never being satisfied has got to this is this is our next step. I felt like when we looked at the team from last year, we'd have a little bit of success. And then all of a sudden we would completely fall flat in our face and then we would be able to pick ourselves up because that's what our culture does. And then we'd be able to rebound. Um, but we weren't able to be able to kind of have this, what I call championship mentality of never being satisfied, continuing to be relentless and shooting for perfection in everything that we do. And, and that is, that's the goal of this group this year. There's going to be failure. There's going to be times where we fall flat in our face. Um, I know how we're going to respond to that, but can we make those less and less? And, and can we build off of wins, not just build off of, losses and um but but i couldn't be more excited to have the group of people that we have in in this locker room and i wouldn't want to do it with with anybody else 
you uh, have so many names coming back that Pioneers fans are, are super familiar with. And that I feel like gives you a lot of strength because of those things you're talking about. But, you know, on the, on the defensive end, Adam Hanglin is back. Jack DiBenedetto is back. AJ Mercurio is back. Richie Connell and JJ Silstrop uh, among some of the veterans on the attack. Alex Dathicus is back as a face-off guy for this year. So you have so much of that continuity. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, there are things that you're working on. The, the fact that the clearing game, uh, last week wasn't necessarily what you wanted to see. I know, you know, the the goaltending situation is a question mark for every team in the country at this point, it feels like, with the exception of, you know, maybe a few. Um, what do you like as far as your strengths go, and what are the things that you're eager to see more of on the field and continue to work on uh, as this season gets underway? I think from a defensive core standpoint, from from experience of of, of logging minutes, these guys have maybe played more than anybody. You know, yeah. most of them have uh, started since freshman year. Yeah. That was that was the COVID year, and so they've been on the field. They, they've they've learned they've learned a lot. I, I'm excited for for this group to to be challenged. You know, some I'm excited to see um, John's kind of uh, you know identity and personality rub off on them a little bit a little bit more. Um, uh, and you know they they got no bigger challenge than than this weekend. You know they're going up against Hopkins. Just you know as we all saw, you know they got the top midfield unit in in the country, and they have a a laundry list of very talented players. And it's going to be a huge challenge, you know, for us um, all over the field, but in particularly at the defensive end um, to 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 stop these guys. But you know, th this is why I put this schedule together. You know, it's um, it's robust. It's going to be hard, but we're we're going to play a lot of really good lacrosse teams, and um, I feel like these guys deserve the opportunity um, because they've put in a lot of the hard work. They've created created the culture to be what it is. Um, there's no hesitation or question on their work ethic. Um, now that they're they're going to be given these opportunities now, and so. Um, you know, hopefully my hope for this is that um, they they give themselves some reward and go out there and play the way that they know they're capable of playing. I was going to ask you about this schedule, Brownie, because it is a bear. And uh, I know that's something that you like challenging your guys with. But uh, before conference play starts, you'll be at Johns Hopkins, home against Air Force, at Utah, home against Cornell, LeMoyne, and then Yale. Uh, and then on the road at Ohio State and a neutral side game against Duke. I mean, that is as tough as it gets. Uh, what excites you about the challenge of a schedule like that? Well, again, I think it's it's opportunity, and we all know in our sport, um, if if you don't have them, then then you're going to purely rely on your your in conference play and your conference tournament. And so, um, we, there's there's a ton of challenges. All those teams that you mentioned there are are going to be top level, um, you know, teams in in the country or in their conferences, and so. Um, you know, you, you get a chance. It's exciting, you know, and I think it's it prepares you um, regardless of how the season goes in the non-conference play. It, it does prepare you um, through, you know, for, for regular season conference play, you know, and then hopefully that prepares you for um, for for the conference tournament. You know, if 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 you're you know lucky enough to be there. But, um, you know, I just I just look at this thing and, and we've always had this mentality. We'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime. And, and I think it's important to take, to have that mindset. And, um, you know, we come in there not worrying about last week because it's done, not thinking too much about the, the weeks ahead 
because we're not there yet, but just being present and focusing on, on us and who we're playing against right now so that we can be the best we possibly can be. That, that needs to be our mindset as we go and we tackle this thing. And, um, you know, it's going to be hard. Um, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. Um, but when it, when it's all said and done, you know, you look back at these things, these challenges, and you say, man, that was a lot of fun. And that, that's, that's what I want to have happen for this group. Can't wait to get this thing rolling. The Denver Pioneers will kick off the 2024 season coming up 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Saturday at Johns Hopkins. You can follow along with that game at DenverPioneers.com. And then home game number one, Saturday, February 10th, the Pioneers and the Air Force Falcons at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium. Brown, I can't wait for our first Pioneer pregame and kicking off a broadcast. And uh, we'll catch you out there this week, man. Good luck on the road at Hopkins. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. We'll talk to you next time on 104.3 The Fan HD3.